Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third edition of the Club Pro Chatter. This is brought to you by the Minnesota Section PGA and the sectionable charitable arm, the PGA Reach. Once again, I'm Greg Snow with my lovely co-host, Scott McDonald. I am the head pro at Olivia Golf Club. Scotty's the head pro up in Minnewaska. We still contend that we have two of the best jobs in the state. And we are here at the Royal Golf Club, Scotty, uh, recording episode three. Yes, excited to be here. I mean, obviously, uh, you and I came last night, played a little practice round where, once again, match play, you beat me. Just bring that game today when we play the Luther Tour Championship. I mean, you have... It's just me. I bring out the best in you. Okay, let's break down what happened out there because I do want to. I thought we had a fun time. Yes, we did. And Scotty shot 72, I shot 78. Okay, that happened. That was the score. So we played a match play and a stroke play game flow. All right. We didn't just play match play. I did end up beating a match play because on what hole was that? Number five? I forget. And we don't know if it was a 10 or an 11 because there was a lot of whiffs, (laughs) there was a lot of swings. Um, but other than that, you played solid. So yeah, I took a, I, we believe it's a 10. It could have been 11. We, we kind of lost track cause I actually took an unplayable in the stuff and then whiffed again after the unplayable, Yes, which is almost impossible to do, but I did that. So I was down seven shots at that point and basically conceded the overall stroke play and that side stroke play. But on the back nine, you got on fire. You shot the two under. Yeah, no, it's, um, I like the golf course. It's a fun golf course, fun layout. Obviously, first year it's been open. Um, they just had the Annika Intercollegiate uh, Women's College Golf event out here, hosted by the U of M, and it's, they had an unbelievable field. Um, I, what was it? Nine out of the top ten teams. Um, so just a showcase. Annika was here. Uh, it's a huge event um, in collegiate golf, and in if I get this wrong, it's going to be an apology. If Patty Tavana Tonikit from UCLA won, shot 63 final round. What was that? Win. What was that name? Patty Tavana Tonikit. And that's not her full real name. No, no. Do you um, want to give that a shot? No, I do not. <laughs> but Patty, great playing 63 one by one. Um, yeah, I mean, Alabama won the team side, nipping UCLA by two shots over three rounds. Um, Gophers played. Um, yeah, there was unbelievable play and obviously unbelievable scores. So uh, we're excited. You got 63 in the bag today. Well, we are having the Luther Pro Series event here today. Yes. Later yes. on. And so we're doing, this is our warm-up. Yes. Instead of range balls, we're going to do podcasts. Yes, yes. And you don't so, need yes. range balls anyway. I'm thinking 63 is in the bag. Because you get you get on me about why do you think that way and think this way. And sometimes I think 63 is a possibility. I think it is today. It's in the cards. There's a little wind At out there. At one point, you're going to hit your 63rd shot. <laughs> that is true at some point. Okay, that leads us into our new favorite segment, Scotty Hit It. It's too late to apologize. It's too late. It's too late. Where's Timberland? What's that? Where's Timberland? Who's that? He does the background. Oh, I was trying. I came in. I came in a little high pitched. Okay, Ryan Tedder. Okay, so apology segment. All right. Yes. First apology I'm getting, and then I'll turn over to you. I need to apologize to whatever that band was for getting the words wrong last podcast. I think it was Chicago. Chicago. You know the bands. I don't know them. Yes. Because I sang the wrong words, lyrics, whatever you call it. I'm yes. not a. I'm not a guru in that. I'm a sing in the shower kind of a guy. It's so you hard just make for me to stuff. say I'm sorry. What did I say last week? I really want to tell you. Yeah, myself. that's what I said. So I think I still think mine sounds better. Yeah, but it's okay. Mm-hmm, maybe. So that's my first apology. Yes. What do you got? I've got um, Nate Dezeal. I was scrambling for his name. This guy's Player of the Year on our junior tour. Um, so I'm sorry that I didn't have it right there. I just it was a moment of weakness. So Nate, great player, Grand Forks. So. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Okay, Flo, you have an apology, it sounds like. Um, I want to ask Scotty if he wants to apologize to Patty Tavatana Kit this week or next week for butchering her last name. I will apologize <laughs> next segment to Patty. I will work on her full name and I will say it in the next episode. Yeah, so that gives us some time to kind of go back, research it, look it over, and then, you know, kind of get it right or yes, get closer. Yes. And I'm glad you took that. I appreciate that because I, I just, I'm not going to try that name. You don't have any Tavana Tonicates in Olivia? No. 
No, we don't. You're making okay. it longer okay. than it needs to be. All it's right. Tavatana kick. Okay, okay. I'm adding six <laughs> syllables. Okay, some new apologies. This is double. I think we both need to apologize here. First of all, I apologize to Tim Johnson last week. I never introduced him as a guest. Yes. I just was so excited to talk to my buddy that I just called him Tim. And then later on, I called him Johnson. And I never said, this is Tim Johnson from Craigens Resort up in Brainerd and all that stuff. Yes. So I didn't introduce him. And then you have a bigger apology for him. To Timmy? Yeah. Yeah, we. you kind of put the hex on and bring him in, oh, bringing him in here. You're throwing that on me? Yeah, I am. Because, you know, we're having him talk about his round. I mean, Timmy played all right after he was on with us. He is the first alternate to qualify for the National Club Pro, so congrats to Timmy on that. There's a very good chance that he's going to get in. But I think if we don't have him on the podcast, it... it totally changes what happens in that section championship. We're just going to apologize, Tim, and say, sorry, we should have never brought you on. That's our bad. But Bill Israelson did say, more often than not, our first alternate gets in. Yes. So yes. Tim's going to be with you in South Carolina. Hopefully. Is it North Carolina or South Carolina? South Carolina. South Carolina. You're going down in, what, a month? Play a practice yes, right here? Yes, yes. So hopefully Tim will be with you. Yes. So that's it. And then I have one more that we didn't talk about that I just remembered as I was listening last night back to it. I need to apologize to Rockford. You asked Scott a question last time. Yeah, you cut him off. Cut him right off. I went right to the next segment. He didn't have a chance. Chris is ready to say something and you go, how about this match with yeah. Tiger Phil? Yeah. You know? he, he asked a legit Ryder Cup question to you because, again, it, kind of the banter was that you don't like the American chances. Still don't. We're, hey, we're going to get into. Yes. I know you love to jump ahead and uh, what we got going on, yes. but we're going to get into that. But Flo asked a legit question, and I crushed him. I just went right to the Woods-Mickelson matchup, and I I thank you for not being mad at me this morning for that because you could have been. I mean, I, as I listen, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I just stepped right over the top of him. So I apologize, Chris. It's Sorry, something I'm getting used to, you know. So. Oh. Well, Greg does that a lot. He steps yeah. on toes. Speaking of, my guy, Tiger. How about that yesterday? We're out here in our match, the the match that's almost as big as Phil and Tiger, and you and I are watching on your little flip phone. Uh, because you don't have enough data. Yeah, I don't. And you have unlimited data because you've got four kids that have phones. Luckily, my kids do not yet. But um, we're watching Tiger down the stretch and kind of limped in, but it was just unbelievable seeing the people on 18 him tapping in, the emotion. I mean, it's been five years. It doesn't seem that long. It, it For us that have lived through all of Tiger's 80 wins now, it's it doesn't seem that long ago, but five years. He hasn't won in five years. So, um, And Justin Rose, that the FedEx Cup came down to the wire. You and I talked about it. We think the, the formula is great right now. Rose had to birdie or else Tiger was going to win the FedEx Cup. How can it not get any closer than that, the 18th hole? Did you ever think you'd see a day where Tiger would tear up? No. Um, definitely not when he was in his prime. But, you know, obviously through all the struggles and stuff, um, he's got a new perspective. You've kind of said that you have uh, you like his new perspective. He uh, kind of barked at that camera uh, yesterday, and you're like, uh-oh, old Tiger's back. And then and then he said, oh, thank you. And you're like, nope, new leaf. He's a new man. Yeah, so let me clear up some um, some misconceptions out there of my view of Tiger. Everybody says, remember back when we argued about, I don't think that golf needs Tiger Woods. Yes. Okay, and people have taken that of, Greg, you just don't like Tiger. And I even got Twitter handled crazy yesterday of, remember when Snow said that golf doesn't need Tiger? <laughs> and again, I sit there and I go, look at the crowds when Jordan and Mickelson are at in Augusta. The crowds are off the charts. They're big. Yeah. So the crowds are still there. Okay, golf is not a dying sport. It's not. I know some people might disagree with that, but golf is on the uptick. And now, why is that? I believe that the young kids are sustaining it because of Tiger Woods. We needed him in 99. Yes. Absolutely, golf needed it. We saw the boom. We saw things going. Things are leveling off a little bit, probably where they should be. You know, because, again, we overbuilt probably during that yes, during yes. that stretch of, hey, Tiger's got to go and everybody's playing. Well, some people found out how hard this game is and how time-consuming it can be, and they said, no thanks. Golf is loving the fact that Tiger is in the mix. I love it. And it's funny you said that about yesterday because as soon as he barked at that guy uh, behind, I'm like, oh, no, that's the old Tiger. You know, and yes. you started laughing. And then 
basically heard him apologize or say thank you afterwards. I'm like, Tiger would have never done that years ago. No. Ever. And part of that was his steely, you know, that exterior of I'm in charge, I'm in control, don't don't get out of my element, you know, let me control the environment. And I thought that's part of the things I didn't like about Tiger. Yes. But I think he's just becoming a better person. And to me, I was you saw it, I was cheering for him yesterday. We were kind of cheering for Rose to not you know, maybe not make a birdie. I, I, if Rose on eighteen, I, you didn't see it. I did. You were Where so, was I? You were in the fescue. I think on fifteen. Is that there. when I was looking for the yeah. ball? Rose hits this seven iron on eighteen. It's kind of a down lie, and he barely covers the lip of the bunker. If that doesn't cover, and he's got to get it up and down for birdie. Totally different. I mean, it's a fairly straightforward bunker shot, but still, when you got a Two putt versus get up and down from a bunker, it's um, different game. Yeah, different ball game. So, and when there's ten million dollars on the line, you know, yeah, that helps. And Tiger, I found out Tiger only won three for second place. So it's a seven. Only million. he doesn't care about the money. Yes. We get that, but it's a seven. He's million like me. Dollar. He doesn't care about the money. That was a seven million dollar two putt. Yes, get your arms around that. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, so we could talk Tiger all day. We could probably spend an hour on Tiger. I want to clear that up. Yes. I do not think that this is bad for golf that Tiger's doing this, which I think people are insinuating. This is great for golf. Thank you. And this like is, I said before, this is the extra the extra toppings on the Sunday that make the Sunday that much better. Yeah. Because I would have been watching that yesterday if Tiger was still on, on his, uh, wherever, in the hospital working on his back. Yes. Yeah. And we again, both would have. Yeah. And again, the, the argument is that the casual fan wouldn't be. You know, they would have watched the Vikings get destroyed 27-6. Yeah, and that's I'm very interested to see the ratings of the Tour Championship versus the NFL because that's been why we're doing all this restructuring with the schedule for the Tour because we don't want to go up against football. Um, I saw Saturday that the only college football game that had better ratings was uh, Nick Saban in Alabama versus the Tour Championship, Um, but... I'll be interested to see those ratings. So, yeah. All right, Scotty, we've got a couple guests coming on yes. shortly. Let's uh, hit some Ryder Cup preview here before we get to those guys. All okay, right? yeah. So we know who the picks are. I was super disappointed in Jim Furyk in this. Yeah, he not didn't really go outside the box. Well, he? not only that, but the way he presented it, I was just so disappointed that he gets to the microphone. I don't know, Flo, did you see it? Where You remember last podcast, I was like, hey, I'm all excited. I'm going to be glued to my TV. I came running, running out of my office to watch it because I was like, oh, no, the picks are on, right? And they usually... I think I reminded you the picks were on. Oh, maybe you did. You sent me a text because you were at Southview. Yes, yes. So anyways, I come running out, turn the TV on, and I'm expecting the one at a time, the reason. Furick does none of that. Furick goes, uh, DeChambeau, Mickelson, Woods. Any questions? He wasted no time. It was it was yeah. ridiculous. That's kind of Jim Furick, yeah. though. He's not very dramatic. Let's be honest. What was he going to come out and do a Harry Houdini? Under my hat is Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> you know, he's not. A... Bryson, Tiger, <laughs> Phil. Here so, we go. You know what it did to the room of that? Because I'm watching this press conference and the room was like, well, we don't have any questions, I guess. There was zero excitement for it. And remember, I was all geared up. Of, yeah. Oh, I can't believe it was. And we all knew it was going to be Bryson because before we did the last podcast, Bryson hadn't won the second event yet. Yeah. And so after he wins both, Flo's smiling because he likes the guy. And I'm disappointed because I know he's got to pick him. And it is what it is. But anyways, he, uh, he Bryson, obviously going to be that pick. And then Mickelson, I thought he could have drawn that out a little bit more. And maybe brought the entertainment value to it. But you're right. That isn't Furyk. Furyk is a, hey, here's who I got. Here's who we're playing. Let's go. The Ryder Cup, to me, is all about the excitement. And and Jim Furyk just let all the air out of the balloon. It's just like, come on. Get excited. This is, this is a big deal. And, yeah. None of that. None of that. Okay, this is Ryder Cup week. Yeah. So we are, we are broadcast, or we're... Uh, recording on a Monday here as we're getting excited for this. Scotty, are you going to get up at 2 a.m. and start watching on Friday? I probably will just stay up. Um, oh! No, no, I mean, I don't... No, I got golf champions this weekend. I got to get some sleep. You're going to be playing. So yeah. that's why I don't play well enough to get into the golf champions because I don't want to play golf while the Ryder Cup's oh, on. Oh, so you base, right. your, you base your schedule on your viewing. <laughs> 
That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it? exactly. <laughs> but oh, I believe boy. it. No, I, I'm excited for this, and you're gonna. It's on all day, basically, because of that. They air it live, yeah. and then they recap it again. And sometimes you get confused. And I love when my members come in. You know, every every four years you get this because it's overseas, and they come in. They're like, "Is this live right now?" And you just kind of want to look at them, like, "Are you kidding me?" But they don't know any better, you know, type thing. And no, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, so it's basically 11 p.m. out there in France, and that type of deal. Have you ever not watched the British Open? Yeah, you know that type of deal. So, anyways, I'm not going to get up that early either, but I am going to probably catch some of the back, and I'll probably start about six or seven and start okay. watching. So I'm really excited. Um, who do you, you have said that you don't like the Americans' chances? Does that mean you're cheering? For the I, Europeans? Come on. Don't don't put words in my mouth. No, I, that's why I, I asked the question. I, I didn't put any words in your mouth. No, no. I am cheering for the USA. And I hope we... Thanks for clarifying. Yes, yeah. I hope we do win this thing. So, But we have not won the Ryder Cup on foreign soil since 1993. Means we're due. Okay. 25 so, years. So you're playing... You are that- still in high school. Yeah, I, I don't even remember who was on that team or what it was. I still watch all of them. But you're saying that you're going to play that card where you're a win-win either way? No, Because I'm not. if they don't... Go ahead. I, I'm just saying, Ask you're asking what my prediction is. And my prediction is I don't like our chances. Okay, so I want let's get it on let's get it on record right now. I'm gonna write it down. Okay. okay. You Document. got you got Europe winning. We need it's twenty eight points. Yes. Okay. You, Americans only need fourteen. Europeans need fourteen and a half. Yes. Okay, so I'm I'm helping you out here because yeah, I want math. you There's to, gotta be twenty eight points. Hey, it has to work out, all right. Otherwise, so it can't be 16, otherwise we look stu- stupider than we already do. Sixteen twelve. Is you got sixteen twelve? Yes. Europeans. Yes. Flo, who do you got? I got USA. 15-13. That equals 28. Good work, Chris. Our I, U of M math. I got it's going to be just an epic Ryder Cup, and it's going to be 14 and a half, 13 and a half Americans. Okay? So there's our predictions. We got it. Two, we are true Americans. Yeah. Oh. And Scotty over there is playing both sides of the fence. I'm just saying. Okay. Honesty, you, you could. Hey, Honesty. the history shows that you're probably going to be yes. right. All right. Let's move on. We are fortunate enough right now to have our section champion in the booth with us at this moment, Craig Brischke from Tannersburg Golf Club just down the road, just 15, 20 minutes here. So we tried to correlate this. Now, Craig, unfortunately, you have to play with me today. That's fine. So the last time I played well, (laughs) the last time I played well was with you. Do you remember when we played together? He's TPC. TBC, that's right. Craig and I were co-champions. Head pro champions? Yeah, we were co-champions. Oh. I didn't even, I mean, I birdie birdie to finish, and Craig was just steady Eddie the whole day, and I had to kind of get hot there to catch him. And I didn't know exactly where he's at, even though he's in my group. But that was the last time I think I played well, so I am hoping you can rise me up today. I hope so. It'd be fun. Okay. All right, Scotty, this is the guy you're going to South Carolina with, right? Yes. Our section champion. Fire away. I'll give you, it's, do you it's, want first question? Sure. Um... I mean, obviously, big win. What is it? Is this the second major for you that you've won, or how many? Because you won the tape mark. What was that? Five years ago? Twice? So three. I won. Uh, I won the tape mark in '99, and then 2012. Okay. And then uh, section championship, and um, did win a Wisconsin State Amateur back in the day. Does that count? Yes, that counts. <laughs> Probably does in your book, right? <laughs> they used to count the amateurs. Stadium's pretty yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. big win. Yeah. 72 holes over there, too. Hey. You know, 72 holes in Wisconsin, so. Oh, boy. That's... Um, but <clears throat> that was 40 years ago, so. Hey, hey. <laughs> that's it's, okay. A win's a win. <laughs> so, so Craig, obviously, congrats. Great Thanks. playing. Appreciate um, it. You know, I'm, I'm a little salty because I didn't win. But you know what? <laughs> May the best man win. But, um Talk about Woodhill, how you feel about the golf course. I mean, obviously you had to have good vibes. Um, and, you know, you've got some past histories. You've qualified for national club pros and stuff like that. I mean, section champ, is that for you the biggest event of the year? Uh, yeah, I think I think it is for us club pros. Um, you know, that's the one we gear up for. It's got the, you know, you get to play in the national club pro and, and whatever else comes with it. It used to be the... Finishing the top five to get in the golf champions. Now it's a little bit softer, but uh, um, that's the one that seemed to have the most reward for us uh, club pros. As far as Woodhill goes, um, 
I love the golf course. I um, worked for Tiziani's back in Madison at Cherokee Country Club, which was a 7,000-yard course back in the day. Big greens, really, you know, just a tough golf course, and a uh, big golf course. But we belong to a golf club, Maple Bluff, which is a 6,400, and it's tight, tree-lined, undulating greens. It's just a replica of Woodhill and, you know, the Edinas and those type of yeah. courses. So um, I felt really comfortable on that golf course. It's uh, um, And they did a fantastic job getting us in 36 holes. Yes, I, yes, uh, that weather was I, an uh, issue. I heard. Did someone say the makeup date was like late October or something? Is yes. that, was yes. it really? It's a rain date. Huh? Yeah, that was the rain date. We Are had. they even open then? I mean, you know, <laughs> fair uh, question. They were going to squeeze so, us in. So, uh, you know, to get the golf course to uh, um, get us out there to play that day and um, was fantastic. I mean, I thought the course was in really good shape. It, it. Uh, you know, it, it was wet, but it was the same for everybody. So, you know, we were all working out of the same boat and. Um, you know, it just, it just worked out. I, I knew where I stood with Brent all day, but I didn't have any clue what you guys were doing behind us. None whatsoever until my son on the 17th hole asked me, Hey dad, you want to know where you stand? And I'm like, well, you pretty much just told me, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I said, okay, I'm fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, of course suits me fine. Yeah. Craig, I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about round one. You had okay. really an incredible round there. Mm-hmm. Six par, six birdies, six bogeys. Yeah. So talk about that a little well, bit. Well, you know what? I had won the senior section championship the year before, and then I went up to Scotty's place and just played terrible. I mean, I, I couldn't make a putt for whatever. I missed a fairway. It was behind a tree. Just golf, you know, just mm-hmm. one of those yeah. deals yeah. where that happens. So we show up at Woodhill, and I stand on the first tee, and I pull my drive a little bit, lands on the rough and kicks, and it looks like it rolled right up against a, one of those big trees. So I had my club to my kid, and I said, did that roll up against the tree? And he goes, I think it did. And we get there, and you know, I'm two feet from the tree, so I can at least punch the ball. I punch it up short of the green, and all. of course, at this time, I'm thinking, okay, here we go again, right? Um, and I hit a really good flap shot about 10 feet, and um, after putting so bad up at Scott's place, I just got up and... Knocked the 10-footer in, and that changed everything. You know, if I if I miss a 10-footer, it's kind of like, okay, here, here we, we go, go again. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And But I made the 10-footer, and I just, you know, oh, hey, I saved a stroke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. You yeah. know, something different. And then after that, uh, um, you know, I just, just played really good. I hit some shots close and got some easy birdies, and I made a couple 20-footers. And, you know, sometimes that's the way golf is. You know what I mean? You just got to hang in there because it's – one shot changes everything. You know, you could be hitting the ball horrible, make a 30-foot putt, and all of a sudden you're hitting the ball good. You know, yes. just that's the way it is. Okay, so, so. you, you uh, turn in 71 or you mm-hmm. end the day yep. in 71 with that, and then you come out day two, shoot 200 on the front nine, and then bogey, bogey, 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Give us mindset there because, again, you said you didn't know where you stood, where you're at, but what are you thinking after bogey, bogey, after that nice front nine that you had? I, uh, you know, I think – Going into the back nine, I was tied with Brent, and then he birdied 10, and I bogeyed it. So he was two up, and then I, I mean, I hacked up number 11. I, you know, I, I made a good two putt from 45 feet for bogey. I got it in that short bunker left, so I had a 50-yard bunker shot with an OB just over yep, the green. Yep, <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? And it's tight there. <laughs> I know. It's tight And there. I'm in that bunker thinking, you know what, give me five, and I'm out of here, you know, and I made five, so that was good. Um, and then I made a good... Chipped it up about two feet away on uh, the par three, 13, and made par. And at that time, I'm still – Brent bogeyed 13. So at that time, I'm still two behind. You know what I mean? And you don't ever – I don't I don't get too far ahead of myself. I mean, all I can control is the next shot. So that's kind of where I'm at. So at that point, I never thought about here's what I need to do, da-da-da-da-da. It was like I need to hit the next drive pretty good. You know what I mean? And um, that kind of stuff. And then I um, – you know, I just hit a, a really good iron into – 15 and 16, both of them about 10, 12 feet below the hole, straight uphill, maybe just a touch of break, and just got it in good spots and made them both. And Brent bogeyed 15, and then all of a sudden I was one ahead and, you know, hard 17 and 18. And next thing you know, they're like, you know, you're one ahead. So Okay, so for both of you then, because I, I love hearing – I'm never there. I want to be there. How do you guys juggle Nash thinking Nationals, top eight, and winning? I mean, where does that come into play in there? You know, because the one time at Summerbee that I was in, I was not thinking win. 
I'm thinking, how do I get in? And that time it was nine. How do I get into that top nine? So, Scotty, yeah, start for us. I I think Craig would agree is you're not thinking about nationals. You're not thinking about winning. You're thinking about one golf shot at a time. Because once you start thinking about winning and or where you stand with nationals and you're like, I got two shots to play with, then you start playing defensive in your game. I mean, it spirals down quick. You just need to stay in the moment and not think about those outside things. Would you agree, Craig? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, you know, if you start, if you get out there, start thinking, you know, this shot's going to cost me 50 bucks or this shot's going to cost me nationals, you might as well just stay home because. (laughs) (laughs) I I hear you. And that's the the way Greg thinks because I three putt 18 and Greg goes, do you know how much money that costs you? And I'm like, that's what you're thinking about in this moment. I'm thinking about player of the year points and things like that. And did I even make it to nationals? But yeah. Well, that's where the juggling of, you know, people always ask, are you watching leaderboard? You weren't until your son said something, you know, are you wondering, but you were also in your mind keeping track of where Snyder is. Well, yeah. Playing with the guy, you knew, you knew where you were. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I had no idea what was going on behind us. Um, I just knew where I was with him and, um, you know, I didn't ask anybody till I finished on 18th, you know, and they said, you're one ahead of Jeff. So, um, but again, that, you know, at my age, I'm 56 now, it doesn't have that big a bearing on what I'm doing. I'm still trying to, you know, hit every shot the way I want. I suppose on 18, if I'm one behind, um, maybe you get a little more aggressive with that second shot there, but hitting out of casual water, it's, going to spin back 30 feet anyhow. Yeah, I think that's where yeah. everyone was on that yeah. hole. There's nothing you could do about it. I was in casual water, and my only drop was to go over in the rough, and there was trees involved. So I couldn't – I had right. to, you know, just try to pick it clean, and I knew it was going to spin back. But you can't take the chance of going over that green. Right. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. So, it, you know, it is what it is. But uh, All right, final question before we let you prep mentally to play with me no. today. It's Don't not worry. Physically. Don't worry about that. Okay. Um, what does that 3M open exemption mean to you for this? It that means way. that I'm going to have to work out this winter more than I'd like to. It means I might have to work on my game more this winter and next spring than I usually do to not embarrass myself. There's probably going to be a couple holes I can't get to the fairway. You know, I mean, yeah, they're redoing some of those holes out there, and I'm sure they're a good gonna... drive for me is 265, 270. You know what I mean? And with the, I saw, I've seen the redo, and you know. There's some 500. That ninth hole is going to be 510 yards. Oh boy! Can you imagine the second shot into that green? Yeah, I'm going to be laying up, aren't I? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. yes. (laughs) Just use your wedges. I know. So anyhow, it's going to be pretty much damage control. You know, try not to embarrass yourself. But I mean, it'll be a blast. I think. You know, I mean, uh, I played in the senior U.S. Open, so playing in front of the people wasn't, you know, that big a deal. Once you get out there, it's golf. You know, it becomes golf after that. But um, it just means I'm going to have to do some stuff I wasn't planning on doing. <laughs> Good for you, Craig. Hey, congratulations Thanks on the again. win. Give me a handshake right there. I'll see you out yeah, there on the Craig, first day. Congrats, team. buddy. Yep. Thanks for spending some time with us Thanks. today. That's Craig Brischke, Tanner's Brook Golf Club. All right, our second guest here, Don Barry, Edinburgh Golf Club. Don, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Of course. Glad to be here. All right, Scotty, I'm taking first question here. All right, you get first because question? Of, yeah, because with Craig, I let you have it. Okay. This okay. is, first. yeah, Don yeah. sent us a note and said he loved the podcast. We're like, I yes, did. we want to get Don on. We want to talk to this guy. You guys Don, got some skills. Well, we don't think so, but thank you for lying on the air. We appreciate that. Uh, Don, I've been in your office. And I've yeah. seen all the trophies and all the stuff going on. And me and Jack Warrow were there it's one day. It's a mess, isn't it? <laughs> we were looking in there. We're like, does he even care that he has all those things? Don, tell us, just tell us how you started in golf. That's kind of what I'm interested in. Where did your golf start? See, people don't know that about you. We see those trophies and we're like, man, this guy's just a legend. Where did it all begin? Well, I grew up in uh, uh, northeast Minneapolis uh, when I was a kid and uh, just started hanging around Gross Golf Course. I was there just all day, every day, pretty much. And uh, uh, most of my, a lot of my good friends are still guys from Gross. And uh, we we just played a lot of golf. I played 27, 36 holes a day and just kind of be there all day hanging around and uh, just kind of fell in love with it at that point. So, Don, I know a little bit of your background. Yep. Augsburg played hockey, right? I, I went there one year and played hockey. Yep. Did you guys, is it true you guys won a national title yep. when you were there? Yep. Wow. See? Crazy. Yep. So, 
after Augsburg, then where did you go? So uh, in in high school, I played, I loved hockey, played golf, and I, I ended up going to Augsburg. Uh, uh, had a girlfriend in town, and uh, just kind of wanted to stay there. And uh, it, it was a good, it was. It, it just was a good fit at that point. So I played one year there, and we won the national championship. And I loved the hockey part. I didn't really love being in school in uh, Minnesota. I really wanted to play golf at that point. So I left after after one year. Figured uh, can't get much better than this, and I ended up going to uh, uh, Phoenix Junior College for golf for two years, and then I turned pro. Okay. And then did you try to play? competitively or did you get in the golf business? No, I turned pro to play. Okay, I played a lot okay. of mini tours. Yep. I went to tour school virtually every every year for probably 15 years. Um, and yeah, it and it then just turned out a good friend of mine, Craig Warrior, was opening Edinburgh and I went out there a couple times the first year it was open and he offered me a job the second year uh, as one of his assistants. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, I kind of went there to to be able to play in section events, and I still had the play thing going. Yep. I really wanted to play and, and, you know, try to get my tour card and things like that. So that that's kind of how it all started. And here we are. And yeah. how many years ago was that when you started at Edinburgh? Uh, 1988 was my first year, nice. so I've been there 30 years. Okay, Don, Tiger got his 80th win yesterday. Yep. <laughs> how, <laughs> how close are you? <laughs> well, what do you call it? We're, we're just wins for you. Are you close to eighty? Do you you know he's got to have more than eighty? He's got to have over. Are you like two hundred? Probably about two twenty. Two twenty. We have our own Tiger Woods in our section. And how many? A little different quality of fields. How many majors? Minnesota majors. Uh, I believe twenty three. I think it's uh, nine section events, seven tape marks, five golf champions, and two state opens. I believe. I went to Moundry. I can't add that well, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think well, that adds to 23. And, and that doesn't include the senior ones, which he's just well, dominated that, the senior circuit. That doesn't include senior? No. How many seniors do you know? I don't know. See, I knew you didn't keep track, and <laughs> no. I think that's why it's awesome of what you do, because it's like, hey, I'm just going out to win tournaments. It's, yeah. it's just not a big deal. Ahead, it is Scott. a big deal. It's, so, I mean, it's, well, I mean, when you win them, yes, but then it's like, let's go to the next one. Yeah. You know, let's win that one. Whereas I would celebrate for a month. I mean, Scott, right? Yeah. I've won three events in my career. Yeah. I I would celebrate. Go ahead. What three? What three? I won the bunker. This is good. I won the Bunker Hills 27 hole pro. That's a big tournament. When it got cut down to nine holes. And Don, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? What nine did you win? I beat you. Because you shot 34 on that nine and I shot 33. I beat Don. Okay. And then the other time I beat Don, Don doesn't play in the head pro championship. He played in the one at TPC, yeah. and I shot. I had 21 points. I played with Brisky, and Don was in that field. Yeah. So I won that one, and then the other event that I won was a Blizzard Pro-Am. The Blizzard Best I'm Ball. I'm counting it. Yeah, yeah but Don didn't play. Um, okay, go ahead, I can't Scotty. play this year either because I'm at the Senior Club Pro. I thought I'd tell you. Well, hey. Sorry. You know what? On Don is great. <laughs> He's supported my event every year. Yep. Played in the Senior up there. Um Minnewaska kind of has Don's number. Yes. I don't know. Not that he... kind of, but it... <laughs> <laughs> I looked at his results. I think he shot seventy-two or three times. So it's not like he doesn't get it going there. He just hasn't won there yet. Yeah. So, um, Don, I need to ask because I hear this from people that live in your area. They okay. say that it used to be, it might still be, that you run like every night, like a mile or two miles. Is that true? Uh, I wouldn't say every night, but five, six nights a week I run, yeah. How far? I used to run three and a half miles. Lately, I've been running two and a half. I've had some knee issues, so I kind of go less. Greg, when is the last time you've ran? (laughs) I have the Craig Stadler approach. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You guys got the Tiger approach. I'm more of the, uh, the walrus. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, I mean, you're in, you had a little back issue a couple of years ago. And your health, though, for your age, is very, very good. What I mean, do you do during the winter? Do you do a lot of going to the gym or stretching? Or no, I need to. My wife is on me big time about starting yoga or stretching. I try to stretch a lot, but I don't. I don't go to the gym ever. And 
uh, I always just think run, push up, sit ups pretty much has everything covered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Scotty, you do all that stuff, don't you? Yes. Well, look at him. Do you have 220 wins? I do not have 220 wins. I'm probably about 100 and. No, I'm about 215 short. I maybe have two more he's, he's, he's played 220 events. He does. Yes. Well, Don, that's another thing I want to talk about because I think that people like you get a bad rap in our section. I really do. And again, we don't always get to know people on this level. Like, I don't know Bryson DeChambeau on a personal level, so I just don't like him. Okay, yeah. flat out. Okay, now maybe if I had a chance to talk to him, that'd be fine, and maybe I'd get to like him. Yeah. But that's the thing with you. Have you seen his at... girlfriend? He'd probably like him then. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Okay. But that's the thing that people say, oh, Don plays all the time. But again, I look at it as you're supporting us. I mean, you always came to my events at Rutgers, and Rutgers wasn't even on the map you know, for tournament golf. And you came every year. You're one of the first to sign up. And I look at it that way. And I know Scotty does too. We just love that, that you support us and you come and play in those and you take time on your schedule. You can't be home much. No. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't play any golf other than tournaments. I, I Every day I try to hit a few balls. Sometimes, like yesterday, I think I probably hit 30 balls and maybe putted 10 minutes. But if I, uh, so that is my off time from work, basically. Right. Although, otherwise I'm at work. I've, Last pay period, I worked 113 hours, so I, I don't feel like I'm shortchanging my golf course at all. I'm, I'm there. If I'm not playing an event, I'm at work. Yeah, and that's the thing is I wanted to get that out even on this because I know people are going to listen because you're on here. Yeah. Not because of you and I, but they're going to listen. I want to get that stuff out there because people get that knock of, well, all he does is play golf. All he does, you get that, Scott, yeah, too. And, and, you know, I, I look at Don and I view him as a mentor, and obviously who wouldn't want to play as well as Don, but my schedule is very similar to his. Yours, you play a lot of events too. And what people think is all we do is play golf. And literally from Memorial Day until Labor Day, it's my off days are when we're playing tournaments. And some people are like, oh yeah, but you're playing golf. Some of those pro-ams, if depending Some on work. the ams, it, that's a lot of work. Yeah, you know. And people say, "Oh, it's just just all glitz and glamour." I mean, if you're driving to Alexandria or I'm driving down the city, that's four hours in the car. It's not like it's easy. It's a it's a full packed day. So, Don, do, do, I hesitate to ask this, but I'm going to. So, do. Do AMs come to you to play in pro-AMs? Me and Scotty, we got to go find AMs, right? We ask our members or whatever, but you're so good and you play so well. Do the AMs come to you and say, Don, would you please take us to this pro-AM? I haven't had that very often. No? no? You have to go find your own teams. Well, I, you know, I've at my age, I've played in all these tournaments a lot of years, so I, I tend to play with the same group every year at right. the same event. So right. it's just kind of a... You know, we just kind of schedule it, and we play year to year to year. So. so you're the point of contact for all those, though. That you say, "Hey, guys, are you in again? Yep, for next year. Yep. Okay. Yep. So again, the the number in my world out here, I'm like, man, I bet people ask to play with Don. No, you know, not on anyone's speed dial by any stretch. <laughs> so, well, go ahead. I got I got I got one more question because I think it's important. I mean, you played in PGAs, you played in U.S. Open. Yeah, one U.S. Open. Okay, so. For wasn't you. it the one at Hazeltine, or was that the no, PGA? No, I you played at the PGA. At um, I played four of those at uh, uh, Atlanta Athletic Club, Hazeltine, uh, Oak Hill, and then Baltus Roll. Okay. And the U.S. Open was 1992 at Pebble Beach. Oh, 1992? Yeah. So That's how old I am. Right? The most nervous you've ever been in an event? In an event? Yes. That's a good uh, question. I would say probably Hazeltine PGA when I made the cut and I played with Tom Watson the last day. Uh, that was a nervous ride to the golf course. I, I didn't really know what to expect, and and uh, it, he was unbelievable though. By the middle of the literally the middle of the first fairway, um, it, it, I was relaxed, and he you know we, he was talking. He said, "I'll bet that we get on the first tee. It's Sunday morning," and he says, "I'll bet this beats taking up carts in the morning." So he awesome. knew I was a club pro, obviously, awesome. and he was fantastic. It was uh, Bruce Edwards was his caddy, and I think it was the last time he caddied for him before he had his, uh, yeah. the, you know, the the symptoms yeah. And, yeah. and the diagnosis. I think he caddied a few more times after, but that was the last time that uh, prior to his diagnosis. Yeah. 
So you played in the PGA Cup. So that wasn't the last question? No. You have one more? No, I have one more. Okay. So you played in the PGA Cup once? One time, yeah. Yeah, so that's essentially the Club Pro version of the Ryder Cup. Yep. Um, who do you got in the Ryder Cup? U.S.? This year? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think you you think Europe, don't you? Yes, yeah. I do. How did you hear that? Oh, you listened to the I listened to this thing, okay. you know, <clears throat> sitting at work, doing work, and I got the thing going on the computer. I think the U.S. I mean, they're so stacked. Um, however, I'll be honest with you, I think it's more important to the European team than the, yes. the U.S. team. I, I, I'm not sure if in the Ryder Cup it's like this, but... I think it probably is in the President's Cup that people play out of more out of obligation than they're they're really dying to do it. Yeah. Um, I think the Ryder Cup might be different, but you know, I've heard some quotes in the past, uh, uh, mostly from the European team, that they'd rather be on a winning Ryder Cup team than win a major, and I, I just think that's insanity. Yeah. Um, it's a whole it, different perspective. Yeah. So I I I think it's more important to them, but I, I just think the U.S. team is. So stacked, and being in France, there I don't think there's a, a player from France in, in the event. I think a little bit of the home home f- field Ooh. advantage might disappear for the for Europeans. It's a good take. So that is a good take. I think the U.S. All right, okay. Don. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Really yeah. appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it, Donnie. That's Don Barry, nice. Edinburgh Golf Club. All right, we're gonna flow. Chris yeah. Rockford right Chris into Rockford. our right into our next guest here, Brent Snyder. Please pull up a lawn chair there. We have Brent Snyder in the house. Morning. Brent Snyder is the teaching professional at the Troy Byrne Golf Club right over there in Wisconsin, but Minnesota section guy. Uh, do you live in Wisconsin or Minnesota? Brent? I do. I live in uh, Hudson just down the road from the club. So the St. Croix County in Wisconsin is actually the only county that's part of the Minnesota section. So uh, best of both worlds, I guess. Yes. I'm not sure. Yes. How are the taxes? Uh, a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think all those... Tournament winnings? Why? He's right, over there, right. You know? sure. I mean, it's it's just all my accountant just tells me where to move, right? <laughs> Give me a break. So, Brett, we were talking about you a little bit yesterday, believe it or not, and uh, we do do a little prep work, even though Scotty doesn't think that we do. Um, it seems like your game really turned about six, seven years ago, uh, where you just really have become ultra competitive. I, sh- I didn't even, that's maybe the wrong word, but really just a stalwart in our section. Or a guy that when we see you on the leaderboard, we're like, yeah, that guy knows how to play golf. Where, where did you yeah, see those your game? Are, I mean, those are strong words. I don't, I don't even know if that's applicable. Um, nothing really changes. You just keep going and you just keep getting better. It's the same thing you tell uh, all your players and all the people that you work with. Try to figure out some process that keeps helping you get better every single day. Um, you know, for me, I don't think I, um, I hit the ball all that much different. Uh, I make all kinds of mistakes. Uh, maybe the mistakes are narrower, uh, dispersion right. is smaller, stuff like that. But ball striking is has always been there. But you get you get more and more comfortable. Um, and the whole point of competitive golf is getting uncomfortable. Uh, you have to get uncomfortable to get better. So I ended up finding myself in some positions that were new to me that were completely uncomfortable. And over a period of time, I was able to walk through some of those experiences. And then you have just a, a dash of belief in yourself. And it's really tricky because we're, we're in a sport where, you know, you look at a player who wins once, twice, three times a year or something like that on the PGA Tour, and they are an unbelievable household name. Right. Just unbelievable player to win a few times a year, and they're playing 20, 30-plus events. The amount of failure and struggles that we go through as uh, professional golfers is, is painful. You should be a psychologist. That was the best description I've ever heard of golf. Seriously. You've heard this before because you guys hang out a lot. Brent and I, uh, some people don't know this, but Brent and I are very good friends. We talk on the phone all the time. He's helped me a lot with my game. I'd like to think that I've helped him a little bit with his game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about me getting over a ledge, how about Scotty's ledge in the past year or so? That's what I'm talking about. And he says this, Brent, what you just said in in that psychology little ramble you had, which was awesome, by the way. He said that kind of stuff. I've never understood it the way he said it, but he's like, I am in the best place mentally that I've ever been. And I always thought that about Sorensen, too, that something clicked with him somewhere um, he used to struggle to break 85 in assistant events, and then all of a sudden he's competing for player of the year. Mm-hmm. And something in there, what you said, is kind of what 
to me what kind of makes that click. You know, where all of a sudden, okay, I can compete. I can play with these guys. I mean, invariably, we're all just trying to get the ball in the hole faster. The question is, you know, what aspect of the physical portion of the game does that take? I would argue very, very small. A very small percentage of what that takes physically. Greg, I think what you need is you need to talk to Brent afterwards, and maybe he can be your new instructor. Because I feel you, like I need to send him a hundred bucks for what he just said. Well, yeah, it's. <laughs> it, I mean, what it boils down to, I think, is belief in yourself, and to get that belief, like Brent said, is put yourself in very difficult situations, the highest amount of pressure as possible, and then somehow you feel more comfortable in those situations. I talked to Brent after the section championship. We had Craig Brischke on, and he said, you know, he was gauging his round because you were playing with him. He kind of knew where you stood, and he stood the whole day. He didn't know what was going on in my group, which wasn't anything great. But, um, I mean, he just, I mean, he made more putts down the stretch. And, I mean, me and you talked afterwards, and it's, it's pressure like we can't simulate that in any other event during the year. Yeah, I mean, it's pressure is, is painful and everyone feels it. Uh, the idea of doubt and the idea of outcome and result is a, a very real thing. It's a, it's a very real thing. And um, anyone who is successful in the game or has the opportunity to win golf tournaments has just amount, the same amount of fear and doubt that a player who was maybe struggling at that time, they just have some ability to walk through it, whether that's previous experiences or what. So the question is, well, how in the world do I walk through it? Like, thanks for the information. I have doubt just like everybody else does. Right. But at some point, I, I, I crossed over a ledge where I, I get through it sometimes. You have to play in uncomfortable situations. You have, to put, uh, you have to put yourself in the mix with people that, quite honestly, feel like you don't even belong. And that when, so that starts, when that starts coming in... Um, you know, I had an experience um, before I was at Troy Byrne, I was at Sea Island for years. So I had the amazing pleasure of spending a lot of time with tour players. Mm-hmm. And I played a lot of golf with, uh, with household names. And to see them hit poor shots is phenomenal. They hit it weird. They hit it all over the place. Really? And they just get through it. It's not, we have this assumption, when you start looking at the stats on the tour of like putting stats and where they make their putts from, you know, yeah, they're 100% from inside of three feet, and they're 90% from inside of five. It gets to, like, 10, 12 feet, and it, like, drops off an absolute cliff. The cliff, right. You know? And and we, as as spectators and the general public, who are we watching down the stretch? The guy's number one strokes game putting that week. I mean, the guy's making it from everywhere. I mean, Mr. Woods was just, yeah. it was out of control this past weekend. I've said that before. It's like they don't show the guy who's nine over par. Yeah, let's let's be honest. I mean, one um, two weeks ago, 80, yeah. 80 plus ninety percent of the best players in the world make their entire career that year in a week or two. The rest of the time, they're shooting seventy to seventy four, and they're not showing that player. That's um, that's you so know, true. and they are grinding in doubt and fear and outcome and result just like the rest of us. And I know they are because I've talked to them about You've it. You've talked, you know. Them. And we we all have that we all have that experience. So um, when you start getting to a point where someone is consistently at the top and consistently in a position to have an opportunity to win a tournament, um, they are comfortable with the fear. They're comfortable with that outcome, saying, "Look, it's going to do what it's going to do." Scotty, break that down to your ledge, because I, I I agree with Brent that you've kind of crossed over a little threshold. Yeah, you know, I, in your game. I, I was I, looking at it. Hold on, I was looking at a Dakota Ridge result. Remember from those, the, the Dakota Ridge pro yeah. that we used had, and you shot eighty three seventy eight or something in one of those back in two thousand twelve. You don't even know what about that it. is. You don't even know what that is anymore. Well, let's be honest. I was probably on a heater at the blackjack table, so maybe <laughs> I wasn't the most prepared. But anyways, nonetheless, <laughs> it's it's honestly just I want to play as much as possible. I love tournament golf. And this year, my big goal was to not put as much pressure on the section championship and just go there and play. But this year... How'd you do that? Not put as much pressure on it? Yeah. I just... It's another tournament. And I've just... Every year, it's been, okay, this is my last chance. I've put so much pressure on it. Now, this year, I looked at it as, I'm going to go there, I'm going to play golf, and I'm going to try and win. I'm not going to try and qualify. I'm going to try and win. Granted, I didn't win, 
but yeah, you got to learn how to win. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that and putting yourself in that situation and having the lead with nine holes to go in the section championship, you can't simulate that anywhere. So just being in that situation is going to help me the next time and, you know, hopefully help me in April at the National Club Pro and and because Brent is a guy that has qualified for the PGA Championship. I went and watched him at Whistling Straits and and I mean, him coming down the stretch at Philly Cricket Club, I'm watching it on TV, and it's, I mean, it is the most intense pressure I'm sure he ever felt up until that point, and he handled it great and got through. Well, it, that is a very that. loose description of what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, we asked Don that question. I like that question, too, of when is the most pressure you felt, you know, all well, the golf tournament? You know, in Philly, uh, what was that, 20, 2015 at the Cricket Club, fabulous uh, property. The property just set up for me it was really really difficult it was really firm and fast and it's not like you need to go a bazillion low you just you know it's like you see it in all of our really big tournaments if you can get yourself around the event and level par even at the section level section championship and certainly at the national level if you can play 72 holes level par or better you're going to play in the pga like every single year it just it always brought comes down to that um Philly was, I, I was second or third at one point coming down to my final nine. I was way at the top of the leaderboard. And then it's, I mean, honestly, like perfect number to a perfect pin with a really good wind. And I wouldn't even hit the green. I mean, just all over the place. So I was nervous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was spending spending cash and spending strokes. There's no question. So we had was your a, brother on the bag. Oh, yeah. We had a really good number into 17 as a obnoxiously long par four and I had like six iron to a back right pin and short-sided it short right turbo flopped it lipped it out to four five feet completely missed the hole on the five footer and I'm walking to I I had a sense that we were probably getting into a a situation that was not going to have a great outcome because I had made three or four bogeys coming down the stretch and uh, we were in a comfortable position going into the final nine I'm walking to the 18th tee and Courtney um my wife, I'm walking to 18T and she's, you know, on her phone and shaking basically. And I'm like, Coco, how are we doing? What do we need here? She's like, if you par, you're in the PGA championship. And I got a 460 yard par four that dog legs left. And and my draw, as you all know, is a professional pull. I got to, I don't draw. Like to move I'm, I'm not going to move that golf ball left. Uh, and there's a bunker on the left corner. So, I mean, you kind of have to dance with the one that brought you for the most part. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, I'm not Tiger Woods here where I'm going to hit the shot that's absolutely asked to me at that moment. The shot that was asked to me is to hit it down the right and rip a draw. I just didn't do it. I'm, I'm not at that ability, and I know I'm not at that ability. So I, I set it up right in the center of that left bunker and peel it off it into the center of the fairway. And I had 165 downhill to a back left pin, and I hit a cut to a back left pin which you would never do, ever. Like, around here, section events, I'm going to always hit the shot because I'm always working on it. I'm trying to get better in that situation. I'm like, that's so hold awesome. on, hold on central for sure. And uh, easily the eight iron of my life, no question, you know. And uh, I got it to 12 feet, and I was literally trying to figure out how to two-putt it. How were your hands shaking? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So this is a great story. You'll appreciate this. Kerry uh, Haig, the director of tournament operations for the PGA, uh, Dave Tennis, who's uh, infamous, uh, he told me um, throughout my career as I was coming up through Troy Byrne and everything, he said, look, you're, you're going to shake Kerry's hand at some point in your career, and uh, it's going to feel pretty amazing, and you'll know what that feels like when it happens. So we get done, and I somehow two-putt the thing, and uh, I go into the back to the scoring area, and there's Kerry. And he sticks his hand out, and he hands me the packet of information for the PGA Championship. And he says, congratulations, Brent. And I thanked him, kept it together, and as soon as I turned around, just lost it. My wife was there right when I came out, and I was just just like a toddler, just you absolutely bawling. All those segments we've talked about what this championship means to us, yeah. doesn't that just sum it up right there? Exactly. That, again, that, that feeling of you can't, you can't recreate. No. You know, it's it's something that 
you have to play well to get there. And once you do, you know what you've accomplished. Yeah, but I, I think it's the same question about, you know, getting over some ledge and stuff like that in terms of where your play is at is being vulnerable enough, exposing yourself enough to be like, look, this is this is difficult. I'm going through a lot of emotions and I'm having a really hard time with it. And um, opening those up to being real and not, you know. And that's part of why we're doing this podcast, Brent, is because I'm exposing myself in my pit yeah, that's, golf game to everybody. Yeah. You're, completely, <laughs> you're completely vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. and, and Scotty just keeps ripping on me for it, which I deserve. I full, full-fledgedly deserve that. And I listened back to the last one. I was like, it's kind of sickening how comfortable I am with bad play right now. Hey, well, That again, but I love hearing this stuff. This was so awesome, Scotty. Yeah, no, it's, it's just great to hear, I mean, how Craig and Don and Brent think. Because they're all so different. Right. Man, they're all great players. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just amazing how many different approaches there are and how you kind of get through the pressures and, and the struggles. And because all three of them have won multiple majors. Um, and yeah, I mean, Brent's reigning player of the year. Yep. Hopefully, trying to get player of the year this year needs two good events to finish, you know, Luther Tour yep. Championship today and golf champions this weekend. Okay, Scotty, you get the final question. Now it's only one. Okay. Right, I, I not, only get you get one? no follow-up. All right. You got to make it a good one. Yep. Dive into your bag of tricks there. I this is your buddy. Now, you guys talk notes. about a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Scotty's the most prepared guy on there. I mean, he doesn't show up on time. But, but other prepared. than that, he's really prepared. And maybe he was out preparing. I don't know. Okay. But go ahead. I've got two questions. What? <laughs> the, the first one. Is it a follow-up or can you combine it into one? Uh, just the first one's a quick one. Do you think you could beat Don Barry in a mile race? I don't think so. <laughs> I have a history of being on the soccer pitch. So I grew up in, uh, in Germany for five years as a young man from third grade to eighth grade. And everything is soccer. And uh, I can move up and down that soccer pitch pretty well, but I can't tell you the last time I went for a jog. So, so he's got the same plan as me. Now, let's be clear though. I'm pretty sure Don's like working out every single day. Uh, he said he runs like five times a week. Yeah, perfect. Right? So I would have no chance. Push-ups and sit-ups. And I'm very comfortable saying that. Um, yeah, that's that's good enough for me. You have none other. That's what you're going with. That's uh, it. No, let's Whether see. I this could beat be Don the, in a, a good golf race. question. Come let's, on. Okay. Um, we can end it there if you'd like. I think that's really a... <laughs> okay. Other than, you know, Philly Cricket Club whistling straights, what is the most nervous you've ever been on the golf course? And you can't say number one at Minnewaska either. Well, can you say number two yeah. at Minnewaska? <laughs> yeah, with that green. Uh, for those of you who haven't played Minnewaska, I mean, that thing is fit for a straitjacket. I mean, Scott's always trying to tell me how it's the greatest golf course in America, and I'm still under debate for sure. Um, well, I don't think, you know, you, you don't go down some laundry list of nerves. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the section championships, to your point, you know, we end up putting pressure on ourselves and... Um, you know, the club pro, um, I'm going to be heading to my eighth one, which is completely humbling. And only getting through once is, well, it's just amazing, right? But at the same time, I, I do put some on myself for that event, certainly. Um, I felt significant nerves, actually, at this uh, section championship at Woodhill. Um, I came back from uh, California and uh, had a couple nice events in a row and ripped off a few victories and then got into a, just a strange patch of questioning myself and uh, my ability. And uh, I had lost my confidence a little bit. And uh, I did not go into the section championship um, with the highest amount of confidence. So that was a, it was a really rewarding feeling, actually, um, not, having, not having it and knowing that I wasn't having it, not in the best spot mentally and then um, finding something inside to, to put it on cruise control. I ended up hitting 26 out of 28 fairways, and uh, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't ever in a position where it was going to get away from me, and um, admittedly was stressed throughout the entire thing. So that type of experience of being like a duck, you know, my feet are going a million miles an hour underneath the water and I'm just chilling up top. I think most people have this assumption that the players who are successful throughout the uh, Minnesota tour and nationally, that 
they're just completely confident all the time. Yeah. And that's, it's just not the case. Um, it's just not the case at all. We, we have all the same concerns and fears that uh, other people have. And I guess, I don't know if we mask them better or if we just sit back in those previous experiences and somehow can click that button onto cruise mm-hmm. control. I'm not sure. It is a wild, wild gig playing professional golf. It's yeah, border, yeah, border, yeah. borderline insane. Yeah, I mean, that's now I'm looking at my notes. Six in a row that you've qualified for. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah, when I became a member, I think I got through, and then I think I missed one, and then I've, I've been fortunate to rattle a couple off here in a row. Which And thank you for all your help with my game. You it's were been one my of the pleasure. Fr- You're uh, easily my greatest student. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That yeah. was totally not true <laughs> okay that was tongue-in-cheek i was well, you're, completely you're, sarcastic you got that perfect little stoic you know demeanor where you can't tell i so think you're just not sure i think 90 percent of my students don't even know if i'm being serious <laughs> with them or not i love it and that's i think that's why humor. it works that's the best humor yeah. brent thank you so thank much you for right. joining thank us today. congratulations on nationals good thank luck so out much. there today are you guys it. playing together today yeah N- no oh okay wouldn't Some that be fun I I saw that. uh yeah you would have a good time yeah all right, thank well, you very much. thank you, Brent. I want to thank all of our guests. So I want to thank Maggie, Chris. Uh, I say this every time. This is our third podcast, but I even said it before. Uh, Scotty and I, we joke today, we'd be in a dumpster. Without to these figure two. Out, yeah, we tried to figure out if we could get the right acoustics without these two to make this happen. We have equipment everywhere on here, and I don't know what any of it means other than this microphone, Scotty, and how it all works. Yeah, no. So I'd like to thank them. I'd like to thank you, buddy. Nice job today. Yeah, great show. I, a lot of great content. I mean, if you are struggling with your golf game, listen, listen to, to this. those three guys. This is it's unbelievable. Holy it, cow. It was, it was deep. It feel, got I'm deep. feeling 63. Yeah, I think Patty. Patty, Patty, here I come. Patty, Patty. Um, All right, we're signing off here. Thanks for everybody for listening and for the comments, and uh, thanks for accepting our apologies. Yeah. All right, for Scott McDonald and the rest of the crew signing off, this is Greg Snow. Thank you again for listening.